G'day mates, g'day ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are out in this wonderful, wonderful world, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Troy McCubbin, uh, the host with the most, not that you have a choice. So uh, how are you? Hope you all is uh, good in the hood and you guys are doing great, playing and practicing and listening to Guitar Wank wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend it with us. We've got a great one tonight. We have Bruce Foreman uh, talking on the show with a guest of his because we are scot-free for one more session. We've got a, um, a Guitar Wank session coming up this week with Scott, so I'm excited about that. But um, yeah, so we've got Bruce and his drummer mate, Jake. So uh, Bruce and Jake, and they're talking about the new album, which is awesome. It's out now. It's called Junk Yard Duo, and uh, you can get it at all your local retail stores. Actually, you can't. Don't go there. Go to the website and email Bruce or us or whatever, and you can find it. It's on iTunes and all that. Now, um, they're pretty pumped about it, so we get to talk to those guys about the new album, which is great. Also, for all those people that bought tickets for the DeAndrea, Danielle, the amazing singer DeAndrea and Bruce Foreman show that we're here having here at Prohibition Studios, um, we've had to postpone it again. Crikey's Troy, what the hell is going on? Well, we've just had to move it back a little bit more. So it's we're looking at doing in March 5th. The 5th of March. March 5th. So uh, if you are available that night and you live in the Los Angeles area, I believe we have a few tickets left. Uh, definitely worth reaching out and coming. It's going to be an amazing night. We're going to have a great time. And um, we have wine and hors d'oeuvres and all the fun stuff. And you get to hang out with Bruce and Danielle and Bruce is going to do the red guitar and Danielle and Bruce are obviously going to tear it up with their music collaborations and uh, yeah, so there you go. Alright, well we'll just get into it tonight. Uh, here we go. If you have any questions, queries, please send them to... <coughs> oh, for fuck's sake, is everyone sick? Please send them to... Guitar wank at Jimmy. I'm not getting sick. I'm not getting sick. I'm not getting sick. Fuck, I'll be pissed if I get sick. I'll be so mad. Uh, please send your queries, your questions, uh, your problems, uh, everything to guitarwank at gmail.com. Remember, we have mugs. We have uh, we have coasters now. If you have a bar at home, you, you need a coaster. You need a guitar wank coaster. We have picks. Uh, we have t-shirts. And we're getting hats, it looks like. Looks like my, um, my battle, I'm finally winning. Uh, and I'm really loving my guitar wank hat. Um, I think I'm a little taller, I walk better, and, uh, a lot more ladies, uh, turn their head my way. If you haven't done this already, I don't know where the hell you've been. If you want to be in the competition for the 100th show, I know we're 99J, this is show no, episode 99J, and I was told the other day by one of our listeners, thanks Chris, <laughs> if we keep going, we're going to make it to all the way through the alphabet and, and in June, I think he said, June or July, which is it's quite tempting, it really is tempting to drag it out that long, but we won't do that to you, relax, my God, I don't know how many of you guys have got, or how many of your listeners have got your knickers in a knot, but um, we're, we're putting it all together. 
as I'm shaking my head. No, we'll do it. Just relax. All right. Don't get your tits in a tangle. Your knickers in a knot. We're not. We'll get there. Just relax. God. <laughs> anyway, what are the three things you got to do, Troy, to be in this lovely competition that never seems to be ever coming up and dragging out forever because you bastards can't get your shit together and you're too scared to hit the hundred? Well, you got to go to iTunes or Stitcher, leave a lovely review, uh, lie. If you have to, I mean, hopefully you don't have to lie. You just want free shit and you want to leave a nice remark. So do that. And then you, uh, you, uh, go to the website and you might feel obliged or just, you just want to donate. You can donate on the website, guitarwank.com. Go there, donate all your money, everything you make during the week. Everything that you're going to spend on a new piece of gear and all that, just donate it to Guitar Wank because it's going through an amazing cause. Um, you should donate, donate, donate. Spend all your money on that, not on Reverb or any of those other places. Don't buy new gear. Just donate to Guitar Wank. And then you uh, subscribe to Guitar Wank. There's a button on the Guitar Wank website. Subscribe to Guitar Wank. And then... After all that, you, uh, which will probably take you about five minutes, not even five minutes, uh, then you go to guitarwank at gmail.com and you write us a little email and you just tell us how much you love us and um, what you just think of the show and how brilliant and ahead of its years it is. It's just fucking amazing, Troy. You guys are incredible. And again, lie. So uh, do all those things and you will be in the running for some amazing prizes. I'm very excited. It's going to be fun. So um, there you go. That's my pitch. And uh, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you want to be in it to win it? So do that. Let's get on with the show. 99J. J for... Jay for Jay. Thanks, Jay. We've got a listener out there called Jay. There you go. All right. I'm not, <laughs> not editing any of this because it's late. I'm tired. All right. So use your fast forward buttons. All right. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Next week, we've got Scott back. Thank God. And, um, and yeah, enjoy Mr. Bruce Foreman and uh, our special guest, Jake Reed. And uh, all about the... Uh, what was the album called again? Junkyard Duo, that's right. <laughs> Alright, it's late. Alright, get off my back. Alright, enjoy. Have fun. Be safe out there. Katawan community.
Attach it to your mustache. <laughs> My old mustache could be. A That's a whole story, right there. There you go. Except for we catch me breathing. Put a pickup on it. Or better yet, shove it up my ass. Ooh. That'd be good too. You could do that. Shove um. it up my ass. <laughs> That's what I wanted. There you go. Oh, are you recording? Test, that? test, Damn test, it. test. I'm test. recording. We're recording. We're live. <laughs> Yeah, he, and he doesn't really edit much. He just I don't edit at all. Oh, we're at a point now. Like if we, you shouldn't. What is it? You sh- if you didn't if you want, want it to be heard, to hear it. Don't say it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like playing Music. drums. It's right. like if if you didn't want people to hear it, then you shouldn't have played it. Right. Yeah. Well, that, we we like to joke about it because Scott, like when he first was with Jozano, he did a record. You know, and uh, he went in to do a solo on a track. You know, Joe edited all recorded. So he sits down, he starts to play. Joe starts a track, he does a pass, you know, does a solo. Scott goes, ah, I want to do it again. He says, what? Why? He says, I didn't like what I played. And he says, well, then why did you play it? That's <laughs> 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 so good. <laughs> That's uh, got a point. Ah, welcome to Guitar Wank. <laughs> ah, mate. Wow, this is a momentous day. A momentous occasion. We're still scot-free. We are scot-free. Uh, Scott is, I uh, want to let everybody know he hasn't quit. <laughs> and he's still alive and he's not in jail, as far as I know. And um, he's just in the throes of post-NAM Thrax. <laughs> and uh, he's got the band in town and they're recording and they're doing all these gigs and they're and he's just he's up to his you know how scott is everybody you you hear him so uh he sends his love we are going to be recording later this week he's finally breaking free but in the interim we're really lucky because of two things one i'm real excited because have a new cd that just came out the junkyard duo cd Woo-hoo! which i have been alluding to for Weeks and months and years and millennia is out now. Well, actually, the official release date is this coming Friday. But we also have here on the couch with us Jake Reed, who's my cohort in crime, who who actually did the recording and produced the CD so and mixed it. So uh, this is going to be a Junkyard Duo episode. Welcome, Jake. Thanks for having me. Oh, Thank you. You, know, for you don't coming, have to Jake. talk funny. You can Thanks talk funny. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. <laughs> We've got, we got a drama on the show. Yeah. I, uh, well, you're our second drummer. 
Am I? Yeah, we had oh. Smitty on. Yeah, we had oh, Smitty wow. on once. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Smitty was he was really good. Yeah. That was great. And Jay Ballarese couldn't be with us tonight. No, no. But he's here in spirit. He's here in spirit. And you and I imagine yeah. you're gonna edit in a bunch of one minute tunes. Yes. Because everybody oh. knows about the Instagramophone concept of this record. Well just remind people about that again. Chris. Oh yeah. Well I'd like to throw down a huge gauntlet right now. Oh. Can I get a drum roll please? Anyways, um, okay, everybody knows we made a lot of one-minute tunes on this record for Instagram because of now technology is telling us we can't have three and a half minutes like we used to have. Now we only get one. But I want to throw down the gauntlet that I want people to make videos. This is an open source. This is the junkyard, man. Everybody's in the junkyard with us. If you're not here now, you're coming soon. If you're not paying attention, you're going to be there soon. So here we are. If if you want to, if you would like to contact me, everybody knows you can get my email from my website. Contact me, and I'll be glad to give you input on maybe ideas I would have for making a video. But it's not important. If you take one of the tunes. And you want to make a video, we will post it on our Instagram site. Okay. And we're just going to open source this music to the world. So it could be anything from baby pictures to old movies to, uh, to B footage to documentaries to source whatever to Super 8 movies. Now, I'm, we I'm, don't care. It's I'm, just no porno. Oh. We're going to have. <laughs> no, no. That no. was my question. No, no porno and, and nothing. Nothing directly political. If it's if it's cleverly done, that's okay. What about vintage porn? Does that count? Well, like, like Victorian. Yeah. <laughs> like putting women putting corsets on or something. Yeah, like no, yeah. only men putting corsets oh. on. God, there's a lot of rules in this game. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> you know, and again, we can't stop you. I mean, anybody can make an Instagram video, and put it up, but I'm sure Instagram will stop you. Um, no, but really, this let's make this a fun. Community effort. That's what the junkyard's about, you know. I, I got to tell you guys, I love the album cover. I think it's this is an album cover that it reminds me of like when I was a kid and you wanted to, you would buy an album and you'd be like, oh man, that album cover's so cool and you'd have it on your wall. And then you were really disappointed when you listened to it. <laughs> it's just like that, Troy. <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. You guys should do a poster of the album cover. It's so good. Cool. I, I really I really dig it. I, and, I, and I wrote the liner notes, and, and Jake, of course, did all the hard work. Well, it's really, really great. <laughs> Everyone's dying to see it. Yeah, and, and, and the usual things. Come Friday, CD Baby, iTunes, 
CD Baby for physical project and downloads, iTunes for downloads. And if you want a signed copy, go to my website and uh, you can get my address and send me a check and I'll send you a signed copy. Signed copy. And we'll sign these two and these will go in the We got two uh, right now and we will contest them out here on the site. That's your your job, Troy. You can figure out how to do that. I love it. It's so a really cool album cover. I, I'm excited, and we'll every song will not well every song in this episode will be from this album. Great. Okay. So stick that. Okay, up so we're done, button. right? We, we can go home now. We can just that's drink. it. Well, okay. thanks guys for joining thanks, us. Jay. It was a lot. That was a lot of fun. We'll call you. <laughs> Checks in the mail. That was really nice. So yeah. let's let's we'll get do right. The next one at the Union Hall. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> let's get right to it, Jake. You're a drummer. How long do you, have you, been, do you are you are you embarrassed about that? Are you like no, open I'm okay. it, you, you came out of the closet? I'm okay about you it. You came out of the drum booth? Yeah. Yeah. The okay. drum, um, the first drum first yeah. important questions. Uh, what do you think of the Me Too campaign going on in the world right now? <sighs> no, I'm no, no, we don't do that. <laughs> We're not going there, are we? <laughs> no, we don't do that here. Okay. But I it, think it, it is funny to no, go. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> I'm walking. <laughs> Me, oh, too, Me Too is Junkyard Duo. We too, we call it We Too. We Too. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen you guys play it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we no rules. Lots of fun. There are um, no animals were killed, I think, in the making of it. Except for a couple of... Oh, you, you have drum heads. Drum yeah. heads, yeah. They right. had it coming, though. Now, yeah. hold it. Now, you don't use a... I mean, I swear I, to God, I saw that goat pull, them, pull a knife on you. I told him up front he wasn't going to make it. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold it. Now, you don't use a normal drum kit on this. No. That's no. part of the rule, right, of drum, Junkyard right. Duo? What Junkyard Duo is, is I play my resonator. It's a tricone resonator, national. And Jake plays a drum set built of reclaimed objects. Now, there are certain things from a drum set. He'll bring, you know, like a snare drum or, or a hi-hat kind of cymbal or something. But it's right. mostly like castanets. And the bass drum is actually, what, what sounds like a bass drum, is actually a Samsonite suitcase. <laughs> and he's got teapots and chains and salt. You, you, you tell him. Why, why, why am I talking? Yeah, so... <laughs> I think of it almost like the, um, it's like the uh, the next logical digression after Cowbop. Because remember, like in Cowbop, I don't know if anyone's ever seen that band that's listening, but uh, I was never allowed to use toms. That was like your one rule for that band. That was now, why rule. are you against toms? Okay, I'm against toms because every time you hit a tom, the, gu- <laughs> the guitar goes away. It's, it's like the, the, the range of toms yeah. is where the guitar lives. Right. So I'm playing, and all of a sudden the drummer goes, Brrr, and it's like, I might as well be a fart in a blizzard. <laughs> you know, and nothing's happening until he stops hitting those fucking things. And then I get to actually, like, play again. So I'm, I'm seeing... It's a sonic whitewash of, you know, that spectrum. I'm there. seeing you and Phil Collins never working together. Well, no, but you see, he did his toms, and then they played. Yeah. The toms were always featured. Featured, yeah, you're right. His tom fills were always at a certain place where kind of nothing else was happening. <laughs> that's true. And that's cool. That's usually how it works with toms. But in jazz... <laughs> you do it the right not way. Not in jazz. Right. Well, that's just... N- not in jazz. Usually that's because whoever's playing is, like, just not listening. Well, modern jazz. Yeah. Modern jazz. Philly Joe was cool. 
But he actually didn't play without, he played without Tom's a lot of the time actually, anyway. Yeah. But, Jake, have you seen that on Netflix they just re- released Stand Up for com- uh, for Drummers? No, I keep... Gotta watch. I get, is it like, good? A, I get at good? least one email a day from like someone... Have Does it have anything those? to do with drummers? No. Yeah, the guy, the comedian's a drummer. He's, he's not bad, he's I know good. Fred, Fred Armisen. I mean, yeah. I've seen oh, him on, I didn't okay. even know he was a drummer. Yeah, he's and the whole thing is about drummers and musicians and... Yeah. He's got, it's funny. It's it's really good. I'm sure drummers will actually find it more funny, but uh, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, yeah. So every drummer I see, and I'm sure you're going to cop this from now on for the next six months. Have you seen Stand Up for Drummers? It was like after Whiplash came out. <laughs> have you seen Whiplash? No. <laughs> have you seen? And then it was like, Have you seen La La Land? No, <laughs> I haven't seen La La Land. Why? Why La La Land? That just because it's like a jazz film. Oh, LA okay. Film. I haven't yeah. seen La La Land. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you see of... Birdman? <laughs> yes, no, Birdman. I didn't. I actually, actually, I did see Birdman, and then I, I, I watched Birdman and Whiplash both on the same air, airplane. <laughs> they, they both yeah. happen to be on the thing. Yeah. And I bet you were hoping it would crash. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, was that a good thing or a bad thing? Didn't. No, no, or if it got, if this is crash, this is the end of my life. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> so, hold it. Oh, so anyway, to answer your question. Yes. It's, so in my in my head, the, my con, my concept of it is it's the next logical digression after uh, Cowbop. Because it's like it, we're in the junkyard now. You can you know? see he's blaming me for his no, career downfall. Not, you can no. hear that. I can hear that. that, that <laughs> no. Passive aggressive. Well, kind of let's shit let's go back. No, it's <laughs> great. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's said, an exploration. He said without expression. <laughs> it's exploration and sound. You know. There you go. Yeah, that, I, now I'm liking that. You had to let me uh, finish okay. where I was going with that, okay. that idea. Okay. Well, I'm an old man. I wasn't sure you were going to get there. <laughs> hey, now, how did how do you guys know each other? Oh yeah, um, Jake came to USC as a grad, as a master's degree grad student. Right. From and I met him. From, he well, he's. You can keep talking for me. It's cool. I mean that that part is like common knowledge. Everybody knows he came from Kansas City and he went to Cincinnati for his undergrad, and then he came out to USC, and he was obviously a really great drummer. And I had him come hear my band Cowbop, and. He, I, I said, would you be interested in doing this? And he expressed interest in it. Right. And uh, I was shocked that he was willing to, <laughs> to grade himself to that level. Young kids will do anything. And, 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 uh, well, and, and then we became buds. And, you know, I mean, it's, but it's not just like, I mean, I feel in many ways like he's my, I hate to use the word son, but he is like my musical son. I mean, he's come along. We share a lot of the same, even bef- long before I met him, we have a lot of the same interests, the things we like. And uh, he really is a person who just loves music and wants to play and wants to see where it can go.
See where it can go and really gives of himself to whatever he's doing, you know what I mean? And I really appreciate that. And so we've just like stayed really good friends. Yeah, right. Totally. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, <laughs> Jake, do you have anything to add? Is that even... Yes, you're right. <laughs> just like um, a dad, no, he'd be told for you. <laughs> I was just thinking back to like when we first met. Uh, I think part of it was I had seen you play with... Um, God, I saw you... I think I saw you play at like uh, steamers or something like that, Ooh. and um, I had seen you play with Jeff Hamilton, like uh-huh. in a, like at the like the Newport uh-huh. thing, and obviously I was like a huge, huge Jeff Hamilton fan at that moment. Um, so like, yeah, hearing you, I was like, oh my god, I gotta play with that guy. So that's kind of how it. Uh. That's kind of how old were you? That then? was part of it. Um, I was like twenty three. I think I think I was twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I was like kind of surprised. Like, Do you want to join this band? I mean, I, you know, because like, like it's the funny thing about my band Cowbop is, and I was talking to a guy last night who, the Mike Fleming, the guy who runs the Cowboy Festival out in mm-hmm. Santa Clarita, about how when I started Cowbop, it was really, um, big news in a weird way. I mean, it was really bad. I mean, I was in a, many ways. I I just rather than you think of making good music and something and having a band, I had actually pissed off two groups of people. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is hard to do. I had pissed off all my jazz friends because cowboy anything cowboy is like off limits right. with the jazz world. Yeah. In every way. Um and then on the cowboy side, anything jazz <laughs> is like the you know, the Antichrist too. So here I've come up with this cowboy jazz band, or jazzy cowboy band, which was just sure to piss everybody off. And it was like, and on top of it, I have my wife as the singer, which is like, you know, kind of a thing that there's a lot of people have a problem with. Right. And, and, you know, and, and so it was just this whole, like, wedge issue. And yet there was a part of me that just, you know had to do it because i mean i am a cowboy and i am a jazz player and i do love the music and it also opened up a lot of other types of entertainment that i wanted to get into well these kids come along and i'm like would you play in this band you know and i'm thinking no fucking way man i'm a jazz (laughs) musician i don't want to ruin my career (laughs) but but they came along and to them it's like this band already existed you know it wasn't like all the baggage of my generation, and particularly the generation before me, yeah. the older generation, were just so militant against it. And he was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And of course, the music is actually embracing the older aspects of jazz. I mean, as much as it's cowboy and jazz, there's a lot of traditional Dixieland style in it. There's a lot of, really a lot of swing in it. Mm-hmm. And and real bebop along with, you know, some honky-tonk and blues thrown in. So really, in many ways, it's it's established styles of like the 40s and the 30s that are in the 20s that are in this. Yeah. And, and of course, they all, you know, like a guy like Jake, he heard all that. Whereas me, I'm just like basically fighting off the haters. <laughs> and so I said, you want to join? He says, yeah. And I went like, really? <laughs> and like, and, and to this day, I, I explained to my students, you know, at school, like what it was like to start Cowbop. And they can't believe it because they, 
never lived in a world without cow bop. Right. It's just always been there. You know, it's like, what do you mean it was hard to do or people hated it? You yeah. Know? I never thought of it that way at all, though. Yeah. I, to me, like, that whole idea, like, of, like, pissing off different groups of people. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, but it's really, you know. But I also, I think just the generation I'm a part of, we, we grew up with so many different styles of music happening all around us. So you should say how old you are, I guess, because people can't see you and see that, oh. you know. You can't, you can't tell by my voice? No. No, I was, uh, I mean, I guess, well, I'm 30, I'm 33 now. That's right. You yeah. are? Yeah, wow. I'm 33. God, that makes me an old person. So, I feel old. No, so like I, I grew up, <laughs> you know, basically like the 90s, you know. Yeah. I, I remember like the late, like the very late 80s too. Yeah. But they're just, I remember the 80s. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm just telling you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, my whole point, my whole point uh, is that... He, he still has diapers from then. Like my, whole, my whole point is you guys are talking about Phil Collins and Tom Phil's. It's like, yeah, that's like a deep part of my early musical memories. You know, The same way that like listening to Buddy Rich is. Like to me, that just all happened at the same time. Right. Which is really probably really weird for you guys to yeah. like think about that, but all of that like it, all these styles of music you know are like to me it's like it's just all the same thing you mm-hmm. know which is probably why I again mean, the music it, I like to listen to is just so weird like there's there's a bunch of shit I listen to that you probably just right hate you know right and that's why I use the word shit but yeah. <laughs> but 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 that's why playing in cowbop was like not. A hard decision. It was, right. it was just cool music, and, and he killed. And he killed it. It was a real, really that was you know a great iteration of the band. We really had a lot of fun. We made a lot of noise. We did a lot of great gigs. Went a lot of places, and uh, God, we were up to like a hundred arrangements of stuff, and it was really intricate, yeah, fun stuff. And then I guess I guess you know now that you say that Junkyard Duo is the iter is the next. Did you call it deviation? I, or saw, I called it devolution, di- digre- devolution, digression. Digression. <laughs> uh, explain what you mean by that. Oh, now. so I just mean I'm talking about mostly the drum setup. Oh, okay. Um, but well, you then can, I, I guess know. we should. We guess we should say what the drum set was. In so Cal the drum Bop, set, then. yeah. So in Calbop, I had a. This is gonna get like you guys talk about like guitar wank and guitars yeah. We and we we do pedals, stuff. so we can do drums. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I got the shit course pedal the other day. It's so rad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so in Calbop, I had a. Uh, you found like an old. I had an old bass drum. It's like a twenty-eight by ten Ludwig Red Sparkle bass drum. Bass drum. I, like that's pet band. Like a John Bonham, but it was really like, like a, a pet band. It's like a pet band. One of those things drum. that just right. make noise. It was actually a high school pet band. Drum, which, just to make noise. Which at a after football game. you know, after I stopped playing cowbop, I didn't have that bass drum, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have to find one of these now because I use it all the time." <laughs> really? Like, yeah, because it's a really cool sound. And um, so anyway, it's a really good sound. That was the bass drum, and then I uh, we had the this. Old I had mounted. S- I had mounted a, a deer antler skull on it that he right. found in his backyard. <laughs> that you use for the symbols? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I didn't really find it, but it's another I story. I thought you did. No, it was on it was it was on a Lies. a horse ride, but it was okay. out on the trail. I mean, I didn't kill the thing. I mean, it was already like that. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> right. And then we drilled, and that the, me and the first drummer, a guy named Mike McKinley, we drilled yeah. a hole in it and we mounted it to the bass drum, and that was my thing. It was like you get the bass drum, you get a snare drum, 
You got the little splash symbol. You got a symbol. That's all you get. Make it happen with that. Right. It gives it an old school sound. And, it, of course, it made the toms not there, which gave me... Cause I'm, especially because I'm playing rhythm all the time, 4-4, four, four, chunk, 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 chunk. Yep. And, you know, toms would just... It just would... Get I mean, I'm, I'm like kind of... <clears throat> it's like, like in a big band when you do 4-4 four, four rhythm, chunk, 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 chunk. <laughs> You're you're more rhythmic than you are harmonic because you know what I mean. The, the horns are doing all the harmony and the piano's there. You know what I mean. So it's really a rhythmic function. But in cowbop, I sort of elevated the the function of that to also being harmonic. So while I'm doing chunk 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 chunk, there's a lot of moving notes mm-hmm. and the chords are going. And, and of course, if toms were there, it would have just like been a mess it, it would have just why am i even doing any of right. that can i uh can i get super dorky about drums for a second sure though? get get it get it okay so <laughs> please so, so when i first started playing cowbop that was like when i started going to grad school right yeah at usc so i was like totally like all those years i was totally in like learning mode anyway so i learned a ton just from you like i'm like oh you should check out this shuffle groove like things that are not bebop like, obviously, we were always listening to the bebop, yeah. but also all these other styles of, I guess, American drumming, you know, from the 50s, 40s, 30s, whatever, all those decades. Like Bob Wills or yeah. Tennessee Ernie Ford, like all those. With some wacky-ass shuffles and stuff. But, but like, totally, like, deep and important and valid to understanding the role of the drum set in American music like that that's really important stuff and I think a lot of guys especially in jazz school not to get too dark on jazz school but a lot of <laughs> a lot of guys in school gloss over that or they just don't even know it exists they and they and I think it, it kind of hinders their understanding of the instrument mm-hmm. and its evolution but to go a little deeper with that drum setup that really helped me out a lot uh, because like, with no toms, it's like, okay, well, what do you do? Like, what sort of vocabulary do you come up with out of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, it was like, okay, low equals bass drum, right? Higher sounds equals snare drum. And usually, on a regular bebop kit, it's like you have the toms, which right. are like all the frequencies in between that. Yeah. So, it's like, okay, well, how do you make sort of melodic sounding ideas musical sounding ideas on the drums out of that with no toms yeah so it's like you have to become more creative with your vocabulary like between bass drum and snare drum yeah and especially with dynamics you know because like on on a snare drum like i can actually play what resembles a bebop melody I, I wouldn't say like it is a bebop melody or not but you know you, i can play what resembles a bebop melody based on not only the rhythm but also articulation mm-hmm. the uh the di- but mostly the, the dynamics between all that and that's what, like what cowbop really helped me yeah and that's, figure out how to do that's really the <laughs> the essence uh, you know the essence of bebop where in, in my opinion we were talking about this the other night yeah my opinion <laughs> the essence of bebop most people who study it don't know what it is because they in misinterpret
because they in misinterpret the importance of the notes in harmony over the articulation, the dynamic articulation of the phrase. You know, I could sit and play you, I believe I could play you 15 phrases that would just as easily be any one of Charlie Parker's melodies mm-hmm. and change them completely, and you would still know which one it was based on the, on the rhythmic scheme and the way I articulated. You go, oh, you're playing that. But it's not, it's, it's like, well, wait a minute, I've just changed almost all the notes and a lot of the rhythms, and you still recognize the tune. Why? Because I've, you know, because the essence of the song really is deep inside the dynamic articulation of the phrase. That's wow. what really makes, like, people think that they're playing over changes and then they call it bebop. To me, that's just jazz. Right. It's when you play. There's a there's a dynamic articulation to the music that is that is the heartbeat of bebop, and that is what needs to be embraced in order, if you care about it, you know, right. to understand it. Well, well, mm-hmm. well tell me, because yeah, what is what is is bebop just a like a suburb of jazz? Would you call uh, that a suburb? Is a bad word, <clears throat> but yeah, but, I mean, yes, it is a. Uh, it is a phase of jazz. It is a style of jazz. It is a category of jazz. Suburb, I don't necessarily like. Well, but, that's a like. But you know, but yeah, it's a, it's a subcategory of jazz. Right. And what makes it bebop to? And, and you know, I'm just talking about my own personal yeah. thing. I'm sure we could have 15 <coughs> professors here who would disagree <laughs> with me. But to me, why I loved it, what brought me to it, what made me devote my whole life to playing it. Is is that dynamic articulation that that's that scheme to the way phrases are built and the shape of phrases and the use of uh, ornament specific rhythmic ornaments dynamically and otherwise that shape the phrases and give it this context within you know which makes it specific to that genre just like hard bop has its own set of it's it's really the same language. It's just like an accent. Mm, okay, yeah. You know, like a New York accent's a New York accent, and there's certain things about it. He's still speaking English, right? You know, and a Texas accent's a Texas <clears throat> accent, right? And and to me, that's the essence of the music. That's really where you can really hear the the personality of the human and the uh, the intent of what's happening. And as an accompanist, you know how to play with them. Because you can really hear where they're going with it, so you know how to support it. Yeah, that's that's the meat of the music to me, and I don't. I think that it's it's been reduced through education in many ways and being just confused <laughs> by people who don't listen to it but just study, talk about it study and study and it. Talk, right. Um, it's been confused to mean other things playing over changes what notes you use what the right note the wrong note is i mean i i'm I'm, i feel relatively certain that charlie parker would cringe at the idea of anybody saying things like that Mm. about the music he was playing yeah i mean and they were i mean everybody thought they were playing nothing but wrong notes even though they weren't yeah so i would think i'm sure that he would be the first to go what are you fuckers talking about (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm going to go to the grave believing that. And, you know, and I mean, like I say, we could probably have 50. Well, Jake is a doctor of music. I mean, you know, 50, you know, 
PhDs that would tell me, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, fine. This, but I'm just going to believe this is the way it is, and I'm going to go along my way. Because I was trained by guys, not Bird. I was trained by Bird, but only on record. But I did play with a lot of guys who played with him. And, uh, and guys who were, in many ways, equally brilliant. Yeah. You know? And so uh, it's what jazz really is, man. Ain't the notes. It's the people. Hmm. It's the people. Yeah. Yeah. That's the jazz. And you've got to, you, for sure, you've got to be seeing it changing so quickly and so fast. That yeah. Just and losing. You know, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. And I didn't really want to get into this, into this year. Oh, my God. Here we go. You know, but. <laughs> going in. But I mean, yeah, I'll be honest with you, man. It's like uh, music has become dominated by. Child prodigies, guys who were like fucking brilliant, particularly jazz. Right. We got these guys at 13 that are playing more shit than, you know, Errol Garner played at 50 or, you know, or Art Tatum played. You know what I mean? Right. They're just like, you know, off the chart, brilliant people, you know, and they've turned the music into this world of this hothouse of, oh, good of, of, of the outliers. Hothouse. That was good. Yeah, I know. That was, that was good. good. Yeah. Some people will get that. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up. Charlie Parker, Hothouse. Right. Um, what is the thing called, though? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, but it's become this sort of, like, world of outliers. And it was... I really Not don't... Well. I don't believe that that is what the real spirit of the music is. Spirit of the music is, is, is communities... Having conversations, making shit up, being individual, trying new things, expressing themselves, living in the moment, making making improvisation, making do with what you have at hand. Mm-hmm. I really believe that that's the spirit of jazz, not this sort of exalted, eggheaded uh, world for only prodigies. Right. You know, I mean. Let's face it. I know a lot of these guys. These guys, much less keep one. They can't even get a girlfriend. <laughs> We're going to let them tell us about life. Right. Yes, they play brilliantly. And I sit there and I'm in awe. I don't know whether to commit suicide or, or go home and practice every time I hear one of them. Okay, I admit it. And yep. it's great. And I buy their records and I go to their concerts and I love it. But come on. Yeah. That's not the only thing there is. Yeah. There's life here happening. Yeah. There's shit happening in the world that needs to be worked out and there's people that need to be need to feel and think and laugh. Right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So anyway, that's what jazz means to me. And it's become such a intellectualized, sanitized, sterilized, commercialized and and the, the the stupidity of the commercialization of it is it's got such a small audience and the commercializing of it is making the audience smaller, smaller. not bigger. Right. I'm done. I, I, that was my Quincy Jones moment. I don't <laughs> know. If, are you back? You kind of. Well, yeah, I just kind of went out there. I left the room for a second. God, I kind of. Now I'm realizing I just did a volcano Quincy Jones thing. Hey, you know? fucking Marlon Brando did fuck Richard Pryor. Well, we all. We right, okay, Ivanka Trunk. I never. Ivanka Trunk. I never saw her legs. Did you say trunk? Yeah. That was um, hey, yeah, I love that. That was. Cool. Anyways, back to Jake. But, I'm sorry so, uh, about that. how Jake? I, 
and I get a little, I get extremely jealous, like, the opportunity that you've had in the situation, I mean, to play with someone that lived it and went through it on that level, and then to you to come into a situation and kind of get to be mentored and go through that and just suck all that information up from someone like Bruce, that's a badass situation to be in. That's got to yeah. be really cool. I think, well, I learned, it's funny, like, you learn a lot when you go to school. Like, you're talking about, like, what is bebop or like how do you learn bebop blah 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 I think I've learned more just I mean the, the thing is you have to do it it's just <clears> like anything else if you really want to learn how to do it you just if you want to learn what it is or right. like when someone asks you it's like I don't know you just do it like and I think I learned more just from doing it in that band I mean obviously there are tons of other bands you play in but the idea of Calbop was like a band None of it was really written down. Like it is written down somewhere, but the way that we learned it was all by ear. So, oh, wow. Well, that was my way of teaching it. That yeah, was, which that is was... great because I remember when I when I came to town here, like I was. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty good reader, right? Like I'm. Re- no, he's a fucking badass reader. I'm, really? No, well, there are some guys who are just like incredible. Okay, but anyway, I mean, my point is, we're talking. 99, 100% out here. Well, my point is, my memory, my my uh, capacity for memorizing music wasn't as great. But being in that band kicked my butt so hard on like being able to memorize songs really fast. An entire arrangement, like bebop arrangements, like memorizing lines and Did, now, hits and all, all that, these was that something you, you like looking back now and you're really surprised that you were able to get to that level really quickly or retain that information it's actually not surprising i think sometimes we're we're afraid of what we're capable of mm-hmm. accomplishing and so we never try to do it right and then it's like when you're just forced to do it basically it's like hey do you want this gig yes okay well you got to learn all this stuff really right. fast so you're not you were <laughs> first gig you didn't have a music no, stand I mean, there, I remember like, like you gave me a few CDs, yeah, and I learned it all in like maybe a week, yeah. You know, just like, and there's a lot of shit on those yeah. albums. I mean, I, really, I, I like, write a lot you, of shit. If you want, if you want the gig, learn all this stuff. And right. I was like, okay, that's what I did. But hold it, how much? Hold it, I I want to delve into that stuff because that always amazes me because I struggle with that shit. That to me is such, <laughs> it's, it's hard. But so, are we talking? All right, sit down for that week. You lived and breathed this CD and everything he was doing for the whole week. That's and pretty I was much going to grad school, so you know. Right, and, and and of course, as soon as he got in the band and he started playing it, we changed it. Right. <laughs> because no, because because yeah. the guy who was playing before him had different strengths and played in different ways than he did. Right. And what he brought to it immediately made me change and he we just intuited it because if you listen to those arrangements mm-hmm. from the record and then if you were to hear our band play it Completely three months different. later yeah. yeah it's different enough that it's that it ain't that anymore right, you know yeah. the any charts that i would have had of that i can't show anybody <coughs> but because it started from that yeah, yeah and and you know we we that's what that's what bands do you just learn yeah you i establish a thing then everybody brings their thing to it and we well that was cool that sort of just becomes the way we do it and new things happen and that's paying attention man that's music you know learn this stuff and also i don't like people reading music on the band it's one thing you see a big band of 20 guys with 100 arrangements of course you expect them to be reading music right a quartet a quintet it's a band Hmm. 
man, I want to pay for guys that know their music. I don't want to pay for guys that just read it. Just read it. Did you have moments? You must have had moments where it's like, like, oh, you you made your fuck ups, or you you we all do for sure. I for did. Sure. But I'm curious to see how Phil, uh, how Bruce would give you a look, or was there like, oh, oh. Yeah, man, <laughs> hey, he was giving me as many looks as I was because I was screwing it up too. Yeah, right? but. I think the thing is, the more frequently we would play gigs, it just became like, it yeah, just became like clockwork. I mean, right. you you play it enough, and it's just you could just do it. I mean, and then I could like not play with the band for like six months or I don't know, yeah. a year or whatever. Like we have some gigs coming up right. with the band, and we'll and we'll just we're not gonna rehearse. Like we'll just right. show up and do it. Right. Um, and we'll just but but the thing is, is all that stuff is not the important stuff. Right. We, I mean, as as much as like most bands, that would be the thing. Right. That's just the stuff we got. The important stuff is us playing together, listening to each other, changing it into something better now, mm-hmm. reading the room and saying, "Wow, we got to play harder because they're dancing." Oh, wow, we got a real listening audience, so we can be real finesse now. Oh, wow, they're really responding to any comedy we're doing, so we take it a little further out, you know and that is what we're living in the moment with this shit. Mm, we're not like yeah. we're not just playing the record up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys very much just going for it. Yeah, that's that's the only <clears throat> way. I, I mean, especially now at my advanced age, but all through my life, I've always been that way. And I was luckily I was trained by guys who that was what it was. That's what jazz meant. Right. And there have been moments in my life where I've kind of strayed from that. Due to uh, cultural pressures, just you know where I was in my life and who I was hanging out with and the way I felt things were going, and every time I have, it's always been less personally you know rewarding or I'm less proud of it than Mm. when I was in that place, you know, really, yeah, you know, I mean, dude, you know. You you got a new car, right? It's got GPS and it's got Bluetooth and it's got, you know, you know the the door locks and the the yeah. trunk will pop open and you put your foot underneath it and the door shuts for you mm-hmm. and you know the lights adjust to all that shit, right? Ain't nothing like getting you to where you gotta go. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? That's really the car. <laughs> yeah. All that other shit's a <laughs> bunch of fucking bells and whistles. And if you didn't have, if your Bluetooth like crapped out on you, oh well, you yeah. pick up the phone and you talk on it. You yeah. know, oh well, you know, and I mean like if like the, 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 the electric door locks don't work, you put the key in and you use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. The real shit is the car. Yeah. yeah. Hey by the way, while we're on the subject, I've I've had this conversation recently with some yeah. other people about if anyone out there can figure out how to do this, come up with a car that doesn't have any of that stuff, but is like super modern. Like it, it has, you know, it's like electric, doesn't great skid gas yeah, mileage. But it's or just, whatever, yeah. it's just like the stripped down car, right? You know, because I wouldn't that be nice? I just, wouldn't that be? I, I would still, I, would I still super... would dig unglitchy Bluetooth. I'm, but no, no, just don't work. No, none of that. Just no, no, no Bluetooth. <laughs> no, man. You got someone out there can I'm build in that. the car so much. You see, like when I like when I commute to LA from okay, up maybe we, okay. It's like office. Cool. It's the office for me. Kind of, I, I got to be able yeah. to call people without touching shit 
And you know, and I mean, I I really need. Maybe I mean, we could do like. A, but I mean, I used to do it with the earbud, like a 007 throwback. So I guess I could still do it, <laughs> but it's hands on. I every I don't want to look away. I just want to like go push a button, go call Troy, that, call Jake. That's the thing. That's I, what I want. I recently had it, and now we're an auto um, podcast. I recently had a Volvo <laughs> XC90. Right, we got the Volvo XC90, badass car. We thought. And it had so many friggin' bells and whistles on it and, like, the stupid iPad thing in the Mm -hmm, middle. mm -hmm. I mean, just to change the volume or the temperature or the fan or make a call, I'm, like, pressing this iPad and just imagine driving along the freeway and trying to get your oh, iPad yeah, that, to no, do the something. should be like the, the four, the four yeah, slow, high, low, middle, no, yeah. warm, cold. And Boom, it was a yeah. nightmare. What I don't know how like I didn't crash it. the old school car, but, like... Yeah, kind of modern. Well, that's, that's what, what I've got oh, now. Man, Tesla should be make on that. That's actually just I've throwing it out there. Actually, just throwing it out there. I today I tried to contact Elon Musk. You tried to? I tried. I, I, I even Googled how to contact Elon Musk. <laughs> what was your idea? Um, well, you know, Route sixty six. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure the people who've been listening know about my history with Route 66 and my having taken the band down the Route 66 challenge all those times, having done five trips, having invented the Linear Festival, the Route 66 challenge, all this stuff. And my, of course, my real affinity for that r- road and what it means to our cultural and not, not just the glitzy, like, fucking merch part of it, but, but that it represents a time and, and, a, and a group of people whose time you know, who like the the interstate passed by them, just kind of like improvisational music. You know, the the world has like kind of discarded us to the junkyard, but yet these people on Route 66 believe in their home and continue to reinvent themselves. And it's truly the American story. It really is, just like jazz or baseball or cowboys are. You know, it's really the American story. And I would like to engage Elon Musk into making Route 66 sort of a one last trip, whether with Junkyard Duo or just by myself, in an electric car and see if, if it's possible to keep the car charged and, you know, and to do it and to write a book about all my experiences, but to, to kind of be the bridge to not just the future, but also Elon Musk, his innovative spirit, his innovative and entrepreneurial spirit, even though he's actually from another country, I believe. He's he, South African. He is so American in, in, his, in his philosophy and the way he's achieved things. You know, um, I, I would sponsor him for a green card. I'd just say that. <laughs> um, you know, but I would like to take a Tesla. <laughs> Thank you.
Route 66 and catalog another journey with all the amazing people that are there fighting the fight, really showing us what it means to be true Americans. And also to show, allow it to be the gateway to the future. Show us that we can, as, a communi- as communities, we can connect to each other without burning fossil fuel. And you know what I mean? And, and, and going into the future. Hey, well, I'm going to stop you there. Isn't oil the new, the new thing? Like, isn't that... The, the oil, no, it's an old thing, but it's still the new thing. Yeah, it's, it's a I thing. keep hearing it's the it's, new, it's, it's, it's the new energy. It's, it's really back. good in a salad, I gotta say. <laughs> and some people tell me that it's fun for sex, too, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I tried it once, I kept sliding out of bed, so you know. <laughs> oh I am sure Elon Musk, I'm sure he, well, you know. So if anybody knows how to just, I would just like to send him an email and, and I, I mean, basically, I've got all my trips on Route 66. You can look at that. I think that it's a way to to make the cultural connectivity that that statement that he's made already has, has to make to finish, to close the circle and really move forward. Right. And I think I can help. I know that's really arrogant sounding, but... I tried. I, I even went to this site where you, you can you can email them, and then I yeah, click submit, and I click submit. <laughs> it must have known it was me, and it said no. <laughs> I imagine it'd be pretty hard to contact, but you never know. Yeah, you gotta I mean, try. Hey. Right. So, anyways, there might be somebody listening. He's here. probably listening tonight, and we just don't know. Right. I mean, where does he get a lot of his great ideas? He's probably in the cars. He has them. <laughs> I mean. You know, I mean, you know, and guitars. <laughs> and I would, and, and, and when I bought my last car, I was going to try and get a Tesla. The problem was because of my uh, particular driving habits, it was just the, the, the batteries couldn't hold the charge for the distance. Do they I do it now? To drive. Do they hold the now, charge? Now they're almost there, but right. no, no, I really can't be like slave of having to like. Do that. I mean, like, now I can get gas in five minutes anywhere, right? You know, my car gets incredible gas mileage, though, and, and that was a big deal What to is me. it? What does it get? It's a Honda Accord. It, it averages, like, 35. Wow, that's really Which good. Which is good. You yeah. know, I mean, but I wanted it. I, I mean, I was willing to pay more to get a Tesla. Right. But it was just... it. Distance. I can't, like, have to look for a charging station and then wait 40 minutes. Yeah. I mean, my lifestyle doesn't work that way. Yeah. Most people in this country, it does, and they right. should be going there, yeah. But in my personal opinion. But um, I know that the battery development and, of course, his, his supercharging is getting faster. And oh, it's, it's and maybe, maybe I need to change my lifestyle. Well, no. <laughs> you know, or drink more. All the above. You know, all the above. But anyways, junkyard duo. When when did this uh, concept come up, and how did it come up? Okay. Um, <laughs> Why did it come I, up? I think I think I know how it happened. Is that my phone? No, it's not mine. Wow. I think your balls are vibrating. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I wish it was mine. Uh, what happened was, it was another one of my fuck bass player moments. <laughs> they were always canceling at the last minute. I, I had a little gig, and this was just a little gig in town, 
Where at was a bar, it? Where I think it was the federal bar or, or seven grand. One one of the little hipster bars in town where I yeah. got these duo trio gigs, and um, I'm just calling around and damn the bass player. I like he canceled at the last minute and said I get somebody else. I no, I don't want you to you know call somebody you know that owns a bass. You know no. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And so um, and I had this resonator guitar yeah. that I had kind of. That had been on the sh- in my closet because I used it on the Route 66 trips because we play on the streets, which was a part of the junkyard thing because we would play on the streets and Jake wouldn't use his drum set. He'd just use his cardboard box and he'd play brushes on a box and, right. we, and we'd all play acoustic. And I had this really, you know, fairly loud tricone resonator right. made yeah. for me by National. And, um, and so that was our, like, our acoustic thing. And... And so, I, you know, I had kind of, it was in the closet, and I was with a friend of mine, uh, Frank Potenza, a great guitar player, runs the USC guitar department, and he was talking about doing a solo project, and we were talking about sound, I said, Frank, you know, what if you get a, a sound that no one's using? You know what I mean? Like, everybody's playing an archtop, now everybody's playing a telly, you know what I mean? The world's heard that, you know, what about a sound? You, you're doing a solo project, you sing, you got a cool thing going how about getting a guitar sound that's just different? It'll kind of put you in a new place. Because that's important. You know, the sound changes. The sound is the most important thing. And um, You mean it's not the notes? Well, that's my personal opinion. <laughs> the music is sound, so let's start there. So, um, so I brought it in one day to school. I said, here, just hey, hold on to it, you know, because I wasn't playing it. And... Um, about 20 minutes later, he brought it back to me. He says, love the guitar. It's just too hard to play. <laughs> I don't want to play that thing. I said, really? And like, and one of the kids at school like said, what's that? And I said, oh, I showed it. And I showed it to him. And then I played it. And it was like, I just dug the shit out of how much sound it had. It was like, it was like holding like, a, like a, you know, like if, you, if a wire, one of those electrical wires came loose in a Santa Ana winds yep. and sparking all over the place. Imagine holding on to that, you know, <laughs> that's how much sound it has. Yep. And it's much the way that my red guitar is too. Right. It's just so alive acoustically. It's like you're, you're really in danger right. every second with these <laughs> instruments. Has it got a pickup in it? I can't remember. And, and then, and no, and well, what happened was at that point I said, "Boy, I like this guitar. This is cool," and um, and then right after that, I it was like a gig, and I said, "Blah blah 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 blah." No, you know the bass player. No, and so I just called the drummer, I called Jake. And I said, "Just don't bring a drum set. Bring bring a box. Bring <laughs> you know just just bring a bring whatever." You know, bring reclaimed objects. Just right. don't bring a drum set. I don't want a drum set. And we did it, and it was, like, really cool to play that way because, of course, now I'm in charge of all the harmony and bass and melody, and he's handling the colors and the textures and the rhythmic thing. And then right. we're just and we're, we were free to, like, play Count Basie-style big band or bebop or swampy grooves or just sounds you know it was yeah. like it went all yeah. these places and we really liked it and it was actually kind of very well accepted in the hipster scene of course it looks so weird it's like a couple of hobos <laughs> playing this strange sound and shit you know but it was cool and it's all about making it up i right. mean it's all improvisational and so um 
it just became a thing, and Jake couldn't do it sometimes. I'd get other guys, and I'd just say, okay, here's the deal. Just don't bring a drum set. Bring stuff. What do they usually say when you tell them that? They, what? Well, you know, again, it was like cowbop. At first, it was like, I'm not wearing a fucking cowboy hat. You know, it's like, <laughs> it was all that kind of shit. But now it's like, they all know what it is. Yeah. So they're like almost waiting for me to call them. Go, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm cool. You know, they've seen his set. There's another guy named Jay Bellarose who's who's also on the record, who's just a brilliant drummer. And they've seen his stuff. You know what I mean? And now what has Jay what has Jay got? He brings something Jay's different. He's got like old weird <clears throat> drum parts and right. he's got percussion trap kits. They're trap kits. It's more like stuff. a contraption. Yeah, you know? they're contraption they're kits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, little weird shakers and like he doesn't like to play a hi hat. He doesn't like the sound of a hi hat. So he he's kinda like puts castanets in his socks and shakes his <laughs> leg and does a, uh, and he's got like a cajon, but he plays it with a bass drum pedal going the back way, so he uses right. it with his heel, and he's just—he's amazingly brilliant, and he comes up with these grooves that are just totally unique to him. You'll hear him on the CD, yeah, and yep. you'll know you—it's pretty easy to tell, right? The difference, Jake and Jay apart. It, it's got to be fun for a drummer, right? Just because it takes you out of a totally different element and um, really, well, yeah. I mean, the one thing about, I don't know, this is just showing my age, but, like, I love listening to double drumming albums anyway, just hearing two drummers on an album and how, right. they, how they interact. Yeah. And there's so many examples of that, but there's a great example of Jay Bellarose playing with Jim Keltner oh, wow. on this B.B. King album, which, oh, it's a guitar, that's a guitar album. Yeah. So the yeah. listeners will be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know about that." Yeah. But um, what so anyway, album, what to album? like to like just do double drums <clears throat> with him is like, oh, it's such a cool experience. What what album is it? I can't even remember the name of it now. Um, it's it's so cool. I I can't remember. It's right. it came out not long ago. Yeah, maybe like. You mean they're not playing at the same time? It's just yeah, yeah, they are playing. playing oh, the they are time. playing the same yeah, time. Double okay. drumming, wow. just like the Almond Brothers did, like or James like, Brown. Or the like Grateful Dead. Right. Yeah, Grateful Dead. There's yeah. so many examples. Now, is that mainly because there's not enough gigs for a lot of drummers? They need to just double up. Is that what's going on there? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, uh, you know, like, look, the you know the best. The best trio I ever heard had four people in it. <laughs> right? Think about that. You're right. I love that. That's good. Who was it? <laughs> uh, what was I? I was thinking about something. The Holy Trinity actually was four people. That's why they were so good. Yeah, right. That's, um, yeah. Yeah, anyway. it's going to be fun. And how is it playing... Yeah, because you just don't see too many two drummers on Well, a I was just going to say, thinking back to the beginning, like we were talking about a minute ago, um, the first couple of times we played, it was it was cool because it was so uh, so much of an exploration mm -hmm. and just trying to figure out like what would work and what didn't. Right. But just musically, it was it was really challenging because you have to, as a drummer, you have to sort of rethink your role. Right. You know, a lot of times we think about like what is your role in the band you know on any instrument like what's your role in this moment yeah but when there's no bass player it kind of changes the whole changes thing around whole thing, yeah. yeah so it's great playing with bruce because i i know how he plays like inside and out like mm -hmm. you know sometimes i have to catch myself not 
not like Mickey Mousing him all the time. Like not not playing what he's about to play. Right. <laughs> you know, because right. like I just know what what he's probably gonna do. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> how, now, how playing but, with Bruce? How has that changed playing with other guitar players? Like, is it obviously you're not playing? You're playing with different style. You're playing different styles oh, and for different sure. genres and stuff like that. Yeah. Is it um, has it changed the way you you deal with guitar players and what you expect from guitar players and um, or do you just take it each on an individual I think, basis? I think well, the I mean, as we've already talked about with Bruce, and I'm sure you hear him talk about all the time. It's all about just being in the moment mm-hmm. and serving like what's happening at that right. moment. Yeah. So as long as you're listening, it's like you're probably gonna play the right thing. But that, I mean, so if anything, it's like, that's something I learned more from Bruce, I think, than anyone else, just by playing with him. Right. So, yeah, playing with other guitar players, like, I I just know more about the guitar and guitar players' sensibilities, you know, so I just know, sometimes I know, like, when to, just instinctively now, just from doing it so much, like, when to dig in more, when to, like, just lay off and let the guitar player play. Right, yeah. You know, on, like, just depending on their style. And it's like, there's not one that's better or worse than the other, or, like, right or wrong. It's just, you just know what you have to do in certain, you know, situations to, yep. make, to make things work. first couple of times we played together it was kind of like some some songs were weird it was like i didn't know what to do because right. if, if there's no bass player and you don't know what your role is it's like well what do i play to make this sound good right <laughs> but, now? but you know the beauty is is you don't have to play anything exactly and the other yeah. the other beauty is i don't have to play anything <laughs> no really i can just uh-huh. kind of look at you and do something and right. like i can just wait till i hear something yeah i mean because because the sonic palette is so cool, mm-hmm. and and the the dynamic of two human beings having a conversation is so cool. Right, both being inside it and observing it, and so like I'm cool by myself. He's cool by himself. We're going to the the people who have done Junkyard Duo that I have the most trouble with, and. Um, is is always when I start to play, and I'm playing like an established song they know or a groove that they recognize, right? And I can see them thinking about what part they need to play. Mm-hmm. I can I can see I can see it before I hear it. I can see the thinking going on. Like, okay, I don't have a bass and I don't have my drum set, <laughs> so I want to play the boom 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 whatever the 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 the, the pattern that yeah. that I associate with that music, 
But how am I going to lay it out here? And especially now that there's no bass, you know, and I don't have a bass drum. And I know then I'm screwed. Right. Because that's, we're not in the moment. This person's already looking for a, an existing thing to plug into the moment when we're having a conversation. It's like talking to somebody who's going through their mind for their talking points to talk to you. And, 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 and it happens, you know, and, and we're all programmed that way. Mm-hmm. We all are. I mean, there's a certain amount of this is this response to this, you know, and, and, and that's, it's okay, but, you know, understanding we're, we're in a new arena of interaction. So how we use that information. We can't fight our, we shouldn't fight our past because it's, it's our richness, it's our wealth, it's our knowledge. But how we use it is, that's the, you know, if, if we try to use it in the way we've been using it, that's where we get in trouble. Right. If we don't do that, we're okay. I mean, we played a gig our last gig was a really loud, noisy, loud, did I say loud? Loud <laughs> hipster bar. You know, I mean, it was like cranking. You know, and it's just like, a, a, you know, a resonator guitar. Yeah, it's got a pickup on it, but it's going through a little baby amp, you know, and he's playing on, you know, suitcases and bells and teapots and salt shakers and shit. And, you know, we like, I mean, we played like a punk we like went totally punk for a while, <laughs> you know, because the the vibe of the room was just, and they were really into it. And it was like almost like a fucking mosh pit. It was really weird. <laughs> it was a, like an acoustic mosh pit. I mean, it's like <laughs> who'd have thought we were going to do that? And I'm like, just, I'm just like banging power, you know, fifths on the bottom five right. chords, you yeah. know, just, and he's like beating on everything he can, just because like we're trying to just make as much fucking energy and sound <laughs> to fit the world we're in. Right. You know, I mean, we would never do that in like a concert setting that would be like stupid we would yeah. never even think of it, it right. would, you yeah. know and that's just kind of what it's all about I think that goes back to what I was saying when, when you were away for a second I was away for a second yeah sorry I didn't hear everything no it's cool it just makes you uh, I was just saying it just makes you rethink like what your role is on the instrument so you just have to be in the moment thinking about you know what can I do to just make the music happen right now like make something happen <laughs> well, yeah, like you always talk about that's one of mine <laughs> my three things in music right mm-hmm. yeah but anyway uh i was gonna say on the other side of things something else about about the junkyard duo that i was thinking about is uh you know like we always used to listen to um that Shelly Mann and Jack Marshall yeah, record. Yeah, there's a lot of that in there. There's yeah, for sure. So there's this, there's a couple of records from like the early '60s. It's this guitar player Jack Marshall who was like an LA studio like, guy. studio guy back he was then. A great guitar player, but mostly he was like a writer mm-hmm. and uh, arranger. And Shelly Mann, who of course is just an amazing, you know, legendary uh, drummer, jazz drummer, but. uh they did a duo record back in the early 60s. One's called Sounds, and the other one's called Sounds Unheard Of. And it's sort of similar to, like... What, very, very. There's but a, but yeah. ours is just... It, I mean, it's... it's to, you'll hear it, and you're like, oh, this is nothing like it. What are you talking about? But... No, it just is. The, it yeah, is. the concept is a little similar, but we've, like, we've always... I've always been into that. I remember yeah. on one of my recitals, we even... We did that. Alluded to one of them. But... That's what I was going to say about Junkyard Duo is, at least from my 
perspective approaching like percussion and playing sounds and finding sounds it it made me think it's caused me to begin to think more uh, orchestrally on on uh, how I can accompany what he's doing right mm. that's really great and you know and it's same done the same with me because now we don't have a bass player but I am the bass player I mean if I I establish the the fundamentals for our harmony, just like I'm establishing the harmony inside and the melody. That's my job. So uh, it's definitely according, you know, in the way I've been playing solo so much more with the red guitar, it's my whole way of playing is so much more orchestral. Just because I have really, the real reason is because I have the space to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not that I never thought that way in the first place i've always been that way but now all of a sudden there's the open room to do it mm-hmm. and that you know it's just it, it makes me think of joe joe has really been joe pass He's, you know he was a he was a mentor of mine and a friend of mine obviously a huge inspiration to me and when i used to hang out with him we would talk about about it because he was this was when like his career was really exploding on the solo side you know we're talking what mid early mid 70s something like that and um and you know he would tell me he says you know like i was just a bebop player you know i just play the guitar i mean i play lines i mean i'm into playing fast lines that's what i'm into and you know yeah when he was a kid like, I used to go over, but then, you know, of course, now he's like a famous solo guy. And, like, I would go over to his house and I'd play solo and he'd keep yelling at me, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up. And he'd be <laughs> laughing while he's yelling at me. And it's like, I'm thinking, you know, it's like, it was like intimidating and it hurt, you know, and he's laughing. I think he's laughing at me and shit. And, you know, and eventually he told me, no, he says, you know, like, I'm realized I'm doing exactly to you what my dad did to me. Like, when he was a kid playing songs, he wanted to just kind of, like, play a bunch of stuff and his dad would go no fill it up I think his dad was kind of abusive too you right. know so like maybe he hit him when he said fill it up <laughs> but you know I mean Jeez. fill it up fill it up and like and like Joe's going no I'm just telling you the same sh-, you know and he's just like you're kind of you just want to play like Charlie Parker just like I did you know but now you know you're by yourself fill it up play the chords play some bass notes play 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 you know make make more sound it's almost like be Art Tatum if you can right yeah Whoa. and and um and we would have these these huge things like where we we would talk about you know like how hard it is like we really want to play Cherokee at you know three hundred eighty or four four hundred beats a minute you know that's the thing and like but how do you do that solo and we would sit and play arrangements of really fast tunes at each other and it would be so futile and stupid and horrible <laughs> and they would crash and burn literally like airplanes trying to take off you like you imagine the first airplanes you know right. you know <laughs> and we would be laughing our asses off cuz it's like how do you convey that like that excitement all that shit you know and play solo guitar and we it, we would have so much fun doing that and you know i mean i i think back about how you know, of 20 years of having bands and arranging songs and doing that and now being in this place. And Joe said, you know, what happened to me? I mean, it's like, 
what I, I joined the Norman Grands thing. I'm playing with Oscar and Joe and Ray Brown for a while, and then next thing you know, Ella and Clark Terry's in the mix, and we're all going. We're doing basically the jazz at the Norman Grands was the guy who did jazz in the Philharmonic with with those great musicians. What? 20, 30 years before that, right. he'd done that. And so he's doing it again with Ella and Joe and Oscar and Clark Terry and Sweets. And um, and then it's like, yeah, hey, Joe, go out and play 20 minutes. You know, like, your guitar, it'd be great to hear you play solo guitar. You know, it's like, and Joe, like, he wasn't a solo guitarist. He just, you know, but of course he was because right. he was like an orchestra. <clears throat> and then... You know, and then like then that Virtuoso record got I don't know if you all remember that there was a record called Virtuoso which really changed the world of guitar. Mid seventies maybe, I think, you know. And um I mean Joe like Joe showed up to the studio without an amp. <laughs> he had an ES one seventy five guitar now getting geeky here. But those are Go not there. really acoustic guitars. They are, you know, they're thick tops, they're Made to be electric, you mm. know. They're they good practice guitars, but they're not really pretty acoustic. Well, there was no amp, and it sounded like shit direct. So they just recorded it, kind of acoustic, and then listen to the sound of that wreck. And it sounds like a guy practicing in his room <laughs> on an okay guitar, you right. know. I mean, it's not like I mean when you listen to the you know the quality of the sound of Martin Taylor. Or something like that. You go, oh, okay. You know, those the angels are singing that, or Tommy Emanuel. It's like, okay, but it's like the most, and and you can tell he just like played songs, just like none of that shit. I mean, he just sat down and proceeded to change the world of guitar. And here he was, a guy <clears throat> who never really even thought of himself in the terms of that. You know, it's just there was that much space. Fill it up, you know, <laughs> and um, wow. And I mean, I st I personally still have not recovered from listening to that record for the first time, you know, and that is kind of the place we all live, man. You know, you're in a moment, you make what you can out of it, yeah. And and all of your study of music should be for that, and not to lock shit down or to have one little thing that's different than everybody. No, just, you know, that's my idea of what jazz is. Right. Just, you know, okay, it's by me by myself. I better make something happen. <clears throat> okay, I got this resonator guitar. Well, that's already making me play weird. Oh, I got a guy, he's got a drums, but he's not really a drum set. It's just like percussion. And we're just going to, okay, we're going to play a groove. Oh, no, we're going to, like, do Count Basie. Oh, we're going to, like, go out. Oh, no, we're just going to, like, sound like we're making a soundtrack for a movie or whatever. Whatever.